In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. It was, I think, originally Aristotle who said that nature abhors a vacuum. And as you probably all know, what that means is that the very of nature of things is that space wants to be filled up, even if that's in like colorless, odorless air. Space needs to be filled up. That also tends to be a rule of human interactions, psychology and sociology. And today's gospel reading shows us this. And it says that human nature abhors a vacuum, specifically stuff that we don't understand and particularly bad things that we don't understand we need to fill up that vacuum with an explanation. We don't know why something happens, so we make up an answer and fill in the blanks. And often that answer is more comforting than necessarily true. This has been the case from the very first day we're told in scriptures, right? God says, do not eat but from this one tree which is forbidden and the evil one fills in the blanks. Why? Because God is jealous and he doesn't want you to become like him. Jesus illustrates that in his time this was a problem and of course it is in ours as well. But Jesus' time in today's gospel reading two bad things happened recently in Jerusalem. A group of people from Galilee were killed in a political skirmish, as far as we can tell, right outside of the temple. And that's why it said in a very graphic and poignant phrase, their blood was mixed with their sacrifice. So they were near church when this happened. And then, in a separate incident, a tower just happened to fall on 18 people who were killed, just because they happened to be there. And so the people start filling in the blanks. Why did this happen? And who's to blame? And they come up with their own answers. And of course, we tend to do this to this very day. There's been tragedies in Armenia and Artsakh. Russia and Ukraine is a horrible tragedy. Israel and Hamas, another tragedy. Why is this happening? Who's to blame? And when confronted with such tragedies, we just fill in the answers, and usually, again, the answer has more to, less to do with truth, which is always very complicated, and more to do with calming our anxiety. I know why this happened. It's not my fault. It's that one. It's theirs. And therefore, this tragedy is not going to happen to us and to me. In today's reading, the people are explaining the tragic death of so many by saying, it had to be divine retribution for sins, right? That bad things only happen to bad people, and so somehow their suffering was brought upon themselves. It's terrible what happened, yes, but they brought it on themselves, and it won't happen to us because we're not like them. And deep down, although we don't label it sin anymore, I think many of us has a part of us that still responds to tragedies in the same way. We feel bad about Artsakh. We feel bad about Ukraine, Russia, Israel, and Gaza. But we keep it at a distance by thinking all of this suffering is a result of 
failed states and backward leadership and countries and people. And it makes us feel better to find a clear cause and effect between wrongdoing and suffering in the world. Again, it's sad, but it wouldn't happen to us. We're more enlightened and we're more advanced than that. Well, in today's gospel reading, as always, and even more than usual, Jesus has a strong challenge to us and a challenge to any self-righteousness and pride. And it exposes the lie that anyone is safe from tragedy. Jesus says, but unless you repent, unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. This is harsh. This is tough love from Jesus. But let's be careful to hear what he's saying. Jesus is not saying that God has some hit squad that takes people out who are sinners and you could be next. That's not what he's saying. Jesus' whole life was contrary to that. What he seems to be saying is that since we're all going to die and since every one of us is a sinner, the only way that our death won't be a tragedy is if we repent. If we realize how broken we are, how great God is, and how great our life can become with him. If we don't know this, by the time we die, it will be a tragedy. Deeply know this. And so Jesus seems to be saying that a peaceful death can be very tragic. And a violent death can be a great triumph. It depends totally on whether or not we discover to whom we belong and what our life is ultimately for. And so, while you think about that and pray about that, here are some practical implications of that for today. In the face of all the tragedies happening around us, which are hard to even look at, we can't demonize anyone. We can't demonize Pashinyan. We can't demonize Israel. We can't demonize Hamas. Playing the blame game and standing in judgment may help you and I feel better, but it doesn't help anyone else. Instead, let's really help. We've done lots of great things for Artsakh, for example, and we've tried to be helpful in other tra tragedies around the world uh, in this church. We can do more, and we should be ready. That's the first thing, but it's certainly not the only thing. Jesus isn't just asking us uh, to give more to others when he says repent in the face of tragedy and he goes on to tell this very short parable which you hear twice a year in the Armenian church the parable of the fig tree and he says that a man had planted a fig tree in a, in a vineyard and he came every year for three years and there was no fruit on it and so he said cut it down it's not doing anything it's wasting space and the gardener says no give it one more year to bear fruit. And in this parable, Jesus is saying, if it's not clear, that we're the trees. We're the trees in God's garden, Garden of Eden. And we're expected to bear fruit. And so, thank God, if you are alive today and listening to this message right now, we've been spared the axe. We have another year. And the unavoidable question is, will we use God's blessing to repent, to make a radical change in how we devote ourselves to him and to serving and loving others as ourselves? Or will we keep on ducking and dodging and pointing the finger at others? 
And my prayer today for myself, for all of you, is that as Advent leads us into one more year, that we thank God for that gift, and rather than focusing only on what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with him or her and who's to blame, that we focus instead on what's wrong with us and ask God to help. Because Jesus tells us until we repent, our life could end tragically. That is, before we rise to the highest calling we have in him. And yes, the fig tree was spared the axe, and if you and I are hearing this, so are we. But the question is, what will we do with this extra day, this season, this new year, which is coming before us? And how will we use it, this season of the coming of the Lord, Advent, to prepare our hearts and minds to be transformed by God's grace and bear fruit in our self-giving love of family, of friends, of neighbor, and most especially those who are suffering in the world who God has put before us in their time of need now and always and unto the ages of ages.